and you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally, in the hot seat. And joining me this week, I'm delighted to be joined by a Carlo Hurling legend, Pat Cody of St Mullins. Pat, thanks a million for taking my call this evening. No problem at all, Eddie. My pleasure. Pat, uh, I suppose before I kind of dive into much stuff, uh, of course, in the in the last couple of weeks there was a big build up being made into uh, Mouse Marty Cavanagh was just on the brink of breaking your all time top score record for Carlo. You 14 goals and 624 points and I think Mouse was going into the Offaly game 13 points behind you he didn't get that 13 point tally so you still hold the, the, the great title of being Carlos top scorer of all time for another three or four months Oh sure I suppose <laughs> a stay of execution for the want of a better phrase Eddie yeah, yeah. Um, look um, to be mentioned in the same breath as, as Mouse, it would be um, I look at it as a privilege from my own point of view. Um, Mouse is, uh, uh, in my in my view, uh, Carroll was greatest ever hurler. Um, like I've never seen anything like him before uh, as regards his ability to to swing games uh, through just pure will and 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 active. I suppose you could call it genius on on the hurling field. He just has that something about him that it's uncoachable or can't be coached, and had it from the time he was able to hold the hurl. And and uh, we're privileged to have him in Carlow, and we're I suppose down in St. Mullins, um, we're proud hurling uh, area, and we're privileged and, and delighted that he's one of ours. Uh, but um, I haven't been talking to him since now. Um, but I, I probably maybe you know he's getting on now as well. He's no spring chicken. Maybe he'd be good to retire now and, and when he's healthy enough. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'd say. No, no, he'd be, he'd be back. He'd be back bigger and stronger next year. And uh, I, I was actually full sure he'd he'd, he'd uh, pass it out because his scoring uh, tallies this year have been uh, superb. And and um, I knew Carla would have needed a good score to beat Offaly, and, and she's got a great score. But I was I was fairly sure now that it would contribute the majority of it, but didn't go that way. But it's only if it, I'd say the next day it'll it'll be done and dusted and, and no better man to take over the mantle. It's uh, there's another I, I I took over from another same one as man, um legendary Leamy Welsh Red Leamy as he was known and uh, it, was a, it was a great honour for me to take take it from him and it'll be more than an honour for me to hand it over to, to the next man to, to carry it on and he'll put it out of sight no problem he's years to go and, and he'll, 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 he'll have a fair target for anyone to, to catch up on that's for sure Yeah and I think I think just because I, I'm not going to dwell on this too much but like for St Mullins yeah. as you rightly point out Liam Welch was the, the top scorer of all time then you took that mantle off him so it stayed within St Mullins now, I don't yeah. mean this disrespectfully to anybody. With, with Liamie Welch, you know, St Mullins would have been the powerhouse of of, of Harlan and Carlow, or would have been, you know, and even in your own time, you would have been right up there. In Mouse's time, you know, Mount Leinster Rangers have become a m- much more dominant, if you know what I mean, um, in that period of time. Yeah. So it's Mouse's achievement, probably, it's kind of two-sided in the sense that Mouse, number one, isn't, you know, with the dominant team in Carlow. I know you'd love St Mullins to be, but at the moment it's Mount Leinster Rangers. But I suppose there's probably... Is there more games really for 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 Mouse and the lads than there was for yourself for Leamy in, in in back back twenty years ago? Yeah, uh, well, sure there isn't. There isn't like you know. Um, I suppose it, it, there are. It's just the national league there. Um, we I would have come on like the Christie Ring became a thing uh, near to the end of my time uh, with Carlo. Um, but the whole thing about it really is if you look at at, at the average score like Mouse's average score uh, on, uh, when you look at those numbers um, in his scoring tally in relation to the amount of games played is the thing that really stands them out like you know I think my own and, and Red Leamy's scoring average is very um, very close uh, and uh, Leamy was 
he was the highest goal scorer as well until Des, Big Des, Des Murphy took that honour uh, uh, during my time as a teammate of Des. But um, Mouse 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 will be on target to take both both accolades by the time he's finished with Carlo as highest ever goal scorer. But uh, he definitely will surpass the tally of, of points and his his points per game average is is, is way above my own and, and Red Leamy's. So it's regardless of it doesn't have any really the amount of games has no no effect on it really. It's just that his his, his level of excellence so since he started as a senior hurler for Carlo is just completely unsurpassed in the history of the county and, and I, I find it hard to match it in any other county in the country. No, fair enough. We'll we'll move on from 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 the top scorer yeah. and accolades anyway, and we look forward to hopefully Mouse doing that early next year. Um, just yeah, he will. just on, on on life itself, Pat, your principal down the school in, in in the national school in Burris there, like the whole the principal that is that right, Jess? Sorry. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, it's just the whole COVID scenario. Obviously, you know, many of us different walks of life have had different kind of scenarios. The way COVID was played out in our own areas or different, you know, work commitments, whatnot. But from your own perspective, you know, how has your own mind changed or your lifestyle changed or has it since the whole COVID, you know, the kind of a reboot as we call it? Yeah, sure. It's always up to the reboot in, in society in general, Eddie. Um I became principal here in on the sixth of January uh twenty twenty one, just gone we'll say last January twelve months. So at the time, um, I took over from my princess or Mary Bean, and um, the school was closed. Uh, we were in lockdown. Um, there was no school. Um, so I came in uh, to an empty office, and uh, to and like all all the work that children were doing was on online. Um, and I'd say if I mentioned the word seesaw, half the parents that would listen to this will have will break out in a cold sweat. It was an online app and platform that that a lot of schools would have used to administer, you know, lessons and and communicate with children and families. Um, as I said, I came in here to an empty school on the sixth of January when we start when when school officially was supposed to start it back, and uh, a school is a very uh, it's a very eerie empty place with, without children and. Uh, uh, not a nice place to be, to be honest, because it was just like an empty shell, you know. That's like any building or any any building that's not serving its purpose. Just, you know, it's, it's it's not a nice place to be. And um, you know, the general hubbub in the school of of you know children laughing and and you go past the classroom and they're singing songs or go you know you hear the noise of children playing in the playground and there's not nothing. It's definitely silence when you walk in the door and you know it's not a nice not a nice place. And you know people were in 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 it wasn't a nice place for many families who maybe would have unfortunately uh, been bereaved or, or you know lost people due to the due to COVID. Um, very strange place and, and, and time. And I suppose we all maybe took time to look back, look at our own situations, and, and reappraise things. And, and um, this year now, things are returning to normal slightly, thanks be to God. And uh, like for example. Our fifth, uh, our boys and girls uh, this year are the first uh, to have come in one school games, you know, football and, and hurling and camogie for the boys and girls this year. And uh, our children that would say in that would have left us last year never got that chance in their time in Boris Pedo's game. So that's a you know an awful lot of deformative events and formative experiences that children would have had in their times in uh, in school, especially um, the older children in fifth, sixth class over the two years. 
that were lost out on. And it's a big loss in it that people, I suppose, don't realise and, and maybe mightn't realise until, you know, it might manifest itself other ways up along. But, uh, yeah, it is, it's a funny time. And um, we've all, every, 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 every part of society was affected. Uh, there's no point in saying it wasn't, you know. Um, I was my eldest son, he's a nurse and uh, graduated uh, during the, the pandemic and, you know, was on the front line straight away. So he had a baptism of fire um, uh, in his in his own uh, professional career, like you know. So you know they had to learn and learn on their feet and learn learned in the words very quickly. So yeah. it's yeah, a very strange time and tough time for everyone, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And it just I think it's interesting when you say about you know the kids getting to play in the in in, in the coming to Munns goals. Like these are things that we would have, you know, I dare say, taken for granted. You know, they were just things that happened yeah. every day of the week and. It's when we're when these things are taken away from us, we realise how 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 much of an impact these things actually do have in our lives. Like, absolutely, yeah. Like, uh, it's just just Christmas, the Christmas before Christmas twenty twenty, we'll call it, um, would have been uh, school was still open. It didn't reopen. That that was one of the second close down. We'll call it. it didn't reopen because um, the, 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 that was when the numbers spiked again over that Christmas, but. Um, we had Santi. Santi comes to visit the school every year. We're very lucky. He takes time out to, to visit all the boys and girls in the school every year. But uh, we have a, a school hall and um, we have to bring the children up and sit in their class groups in their pods in the school hall. And Santi could only come to the window and wave in at them through the window. And it just, it was, it was an awful thing to see, you know. Children for you know, children were happy to see Santi and, and he left a little present for them all, but, you know, he didn't get to come in and talk to them and it's just, it's just, just terrible. I, 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 I just remember looking in at, I was outside looking in through the windows with Santi at the children and I said, it's just it was a terrible experience and I don't know, if, I probably felt it worse than the children, but I just couldn't understand. I felt it was an awful loss that for the children and they didn't know any different because they were, you know, they're just being told to do this and do that. But uh, yeah, it's just one of the small thing that was uh, something that hit home with me, actually, <laughs> uh, to see what children were missing out on and all those little things that happened all during the pandemic. And I've since, I suppose, since things have become more back to normal, um, we have the coaches going back on again with coming to Munskull or with the local uh, Munich Rangers team. They're, they're getting great uh, support from the club now again with the coaches coming in to the children. Um, we had um, we had IRSU coach in there after Christmas. Um, something that had never happened in the school before, but as soon as I got an email about it, I said, there's a chance for someone, for children to get out and, and, and experience something they hadn't done before. Um, and it was a great success. Um, John Manifold is the man's name. It was, it was great success with children for a six-week block. So anything that comes into the school that we can reasonably accommodate that gets them Gets children out and about and to experience something new and all over it. And well, with the with the, with the um, operation of staff, I don't want to be fighting stuff on the teachers here that they don't feel comfortable with either. But uh, we're all of, of a kind of a similar attitude that the children need to experience as much as they can now to just to make up for uh, experiences lost over the last two, two, you could say two and a half years last March. That's March two years ago, like, you know. So, you know, we want to get them back and, and experience life and, and have an enjoyment again, you know.
No, you're, you're, and so say all of us and probably a lot of people in St Mullins would be delighted to hear that the National School in Boris be focusing more on rugby than hurling uh, get as many of these moments Don't be start to, to, to formulate conspiracy theories there now I, I could get myself into awful trouble I, I don't know but on, but on that note now we will we will switch our attentions to uh, I'm going to jump in and out of your club into your club from club to county from club to county if you know what I mean as we as we go along you'll yes, see Yeah, whatever but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up yourself, um, St Mullins, massively famous club. Uh, it's it's one of the things. Whenever I like, I love going down to St Mullins. I'm, I'm involved with Blacks and Whites myself, and I love going down to whether it's with yeah. the Camogie team or with, it's with the men's team for friendlies to go down and play games down there. But one of the things that always strikes me when yeah. I go into the area is that the, the, the GEA grounds from 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 my very limited knowledge of that area but it, it feels to me every time I go in the gates of that GEA club there's a crowd there it's it's the hub it's the centre of the community It's it, to me it feels like St Mullins is GEA club the, the parish is built around it Well sure look it is um, it's the only I suppose there's nothing else in St Mullins sports wise well, we don't have a soccer club no rugby in the area Um and I suppose if you've been in the clubhouse then Eddie you've seen on the the wall the wall of the I would say the, the main meeting room um is floor to ceiling with, with photographs of teams back from thirties, forties, you know, fifties, sixties. Um all our I suppose the the families of, of the parish have uh, roots in the club, it's a tradition in the club. Um I, I, I suppose maybe I never knew anything otherwise myself growing up and um, my father would have played uh, same with, with the club has five or six county senior medals um, and you have famous names you, you, you just would have heard about all the famous names up along and you wanted to emulate them um, like the likes of Red Leamy and, and uh, uh, the brothers the, the Morrissey brothers from uh, Bally Crinigan and you hear all these stories about the games the great games that were played in, in farmers fields in different parts of the parish over over the years and, and uh, you know at Sundays were spent playing hurling you know, uh, and nothing else. Uh, like sometimes you hear about the modern training. Like <laughs> I think the, the biggest training sessions ever happened in St. Mullins were some of the hurling matches that were played every Sunday uh, between different uh, townslands in the parish, and that went on from early morning after mass and would have gone on the whole afternoon. And, and like that's that's I suppose the the basis and how the club was so successful. Like it was, uh, you know, and being on the border with Wexford and Kilkenny, I suppose it's it's. You know, two pucks of a ball, one way in Ireland and then Kilkenny, and the other way Ireland and Wexford. You know, um, the, as the, geographically, the parish comes down in a wedge between Kilkenny and Wexford. So, um, you know, I, I look across my own house in Mount Brandon and out one door and look across the Black Sears at the other side. So, you know, you have Ratnure on one side and you have Roar's Deep, you know, on the other side. So, in Great Manor and and and, and uh, you know, your own your own club. You know, we're only ten minutes from each other, really, fifteen minutes from each other. So we're steeped in hurling heartland, and and we're we 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 um we're proud hurling people, and and no more than you know, South all of South Carlow, uh, and um I suppose you know it's been pointed out to me that there's work going on up the county as well, and like the Burton Rangers, uh, you know, who've who've become a very strong hurling county uh, in, in our hurling club in, in the county, but I suppose. The heart, hurling heartland of of Carlo is is South Carlo, and uh, we'd be very proud hurling people, and we we'll, regard ourselves as much of a hurling area as any any area in the country, and it's really, really, I saw it's part of our our DNA, really, the hurling field in Saint Mullins. It's just, you know, it's 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 where you go and to to meet people, and and children go there, and they meet 
you know, meet their friends and, and um, you know, success, you know, comes maybe if we're lucky and if not, it's just a place where everyone is happy and everyone just comes to express themselves and, and uh, you know, it's a centre of our parish, all right, I'd have to see. Yeah, and like, when I, when I was looking at your career, Pat, and, and kind of, trying to work my way back so uh, obviously it's not the easiest thing in the world to, 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 to get into history of clubs and then actual club players so if I make a mistake on a stat yeah. you can pull me on it straight away and, 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 and I'm sure oh, I'll be destroyed for it but um, one of the things I looked at and, it, and to me in my own head it comes down to population right when I was looking at the, yeah. the, the record for you yourself if I'm not mistaken you won another 12 County title, yeah, county title with St Mullins, right? Um, as a, as an under twelve yeah. player, but that was St Mullins' first under twelve title. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we 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 were the f- a certain group. Um, I suppose came through in St Mullins myself and uh, Declan Kavanagh, uh, Richard Reel and um, Alex Doyle, Charlie Bourne. It was just just a. a um, a group that came through. Um, uh, we we were on the uh, first. We were the first under twelve team. Pat Grennan, uh, cousin of mine, was the captain of that team. We were the first ever St. Mullins team to win an under twelve cha- championship in the in the parish in the history of the club. Uh, and we were the first team to win the minor championship in the history of the club. Um, so again, a population. Is a big thing in and in numbers is a big thing in, in any hurling club, you know, or any GA club. Um, but at juvenile level, I suppose we do as best we can. But we're 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 kind of hamstrung by by numbers at times, you know. We're, we might not always be the most competitive. Um, but I suppose um, if you're uh, uh, maybe if you've been looking through the, the records, like you, as you've been saying, Eddie. You'll see that there are two minor championships to the club's name. I, I said we were we were on the first team that won it, um, and most was on the second team that won it, and um, that's all we've won in the history of the club. But if you step up to the next grade, let's say the under twenty or under twenty one, as it was at the time, you'll see there's probably a good few more um, titles there to the club's name than there will be minors, um, and that I suppose is a testament to the fact that we've been lucky enough that we've been probably able to keep hold of players. Um, you know, it's as again I said, hurling is the thing in St. Mullins and, and maybe we've been bring hold on to players that maybe might not necessarily stay with the game uh, in other clubs. Um, you know, it's by I suppose really out of necessity for the club to stay going and the club to be successful and to be competitive at, at, at that level. Um, you know, um we'll say that I myself when we won that under uh, sorry, that minor championship, I was fifteen, uh, that was in nineteen ninety and um you know, it's 15 year old. I wouldn't have been the, the heftiest. You know, I wouldn't have been physically developed. You know, but it was a little, little light, lanky corner forward. And um, no, I was. We were lucky enough to have some great players like Lisa Lee Murphy and 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 that. But it's and we won that championship. But but when when by the time it came to under 18 or under 20, under 21, I was 18. But I was supposed a bit more filled out and hardier. So like I would have been the same for similar lads uh, of my age. Um, that we were physically more able for us under, at uh, under 21 level when we were 18 so we were able to you know we were able to and that would be the way with St. Mullins that we won more under 21 championships than obviously minor because players stayed at it and were you know 
better able for it, you know, better able for the rough and tumble of it. Yeah, because like when I looked at it, I, I, it did stand out to me that Mouse's team was the second team to win um, a, yeah. a minor title. But the, the other thing, which is a point that you've made a lot better than I could have, like you've three under 21 titles yourself. Um, we won't even worry about mm. senior ones for a while. And, and what it does yeah. seem to me is that your club has the ability to hold on to players that, that many clubs struggle with. And, I, I, you know, there can be varying reasons for it. Like, as you said, that you're not challenged by a, a local soccer club or a local rugby club or a local, you know, um, tennis club or whatever it is to pulling the players away from you. But at the same time, it must... St Mullins players must feel part of the St Mullins family. They must feel you know, that they want to be in the field because if they didn't want to be in the field, you'd fall away after minor and under 19 or under 21, you know, teams would fall away and you're not doing that. Well, again, I suppose it's down to maybe the tradition that's built up over the generations. Um, it's just a general encouragement, um, you know, to play the game and to follow in, in your your mother or father's footsteps. Um, you know, and it, as I said, everyone's always welcome in the hurling field. It's a welcoming place. Um and we're we're actually I've noticed there in the last couple of weeks and months there are a lot of uh, just newer families that are coming to the place as well, like you know, and and um, I suppose they see the way the culture is in the club of of bringing everybody in, and and if you like it, you like it; if you don't, you don't. And you know, um, the club has made great strides over the last couple of years um, with facilities, and we have our indoor facility there now in St Mullins, and we have a walking track. So you go know, the the it's the, the the club it's a J club, but it's there for the whole. Parish, you know, it's there for someone wants to hire the indoor play game of soccer overnight, or um, anyone can come in and just go for a walk on the walking track in safety, you know, off the roads, and and it's this floodlit uh, walking track that can be used there. So you know, it's uh, you don't have to just be a GA person to make use of the facility. So you know, that that's another thing that I suppose encourages people in in the locality to to come to the field, come to the field, and I'm sure if there's a player, young fella or girl picks up picks up uh, her and goes on with it well and good but if they don't sure that's you know that's their own business and that's their own choice um, you know so that's I suppose like any any GA club or any any GA club in the country you want to make sure that you're welcoming to all all members of the parish and all members of the community you know, whether you're a GA family or not yeah, no, and so say all of us. Now, you, you're moving on a little bit in your career. We have a couple of under twenty-one titles. You're off to college now. You head off to St. Pat's in Dublin um, to study there to become right, yeah. a teacher. Now, obviously, when you're in St. Pat's, you know there's 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 far more than than just hurling up there. So there was obviously the Gaelic football as well, and you you you, you yeah. took a, you took a bit of grow for the big ball game as well. Yeah, well, well we would have that. We say that crew that we came up with um, in St. Mullins, like we would have. We were playing a bit of football underage as well, and we're yeah we're we were competitive at underage football level. But I suppose it's like any club, we didn't have a tradition of it, and and I, I used to always remember playing against the so the, the traditional football clubs where we, we might have got you know a few victories. But I used to, I used to always be I remember having a conversation with lads about I could never understand how better they were at feeling the ball, you know, making a high catch than we were, you know, and um, it's just that you, you grow up with a certain technique and going to go for the high ball and making, you know, making the catch and coming down with it. And I would have had the same conversation with lads maybe from, from dual clubs that maybe would have been more, um, more leaning towards the football in the things and they would have said, geez, they would have said the very same thing but we were trying to play in Hurland that you're a better head to go up under the high ball as a, a hurler than you know that we are, like you know, and it's just certain things like that. But yeah, would have, would have, 
we would have liked, they would have been enjoying the football, all right. And um, one of the years, I think we were beating the county semi final um, in the senior championship. Uh, in either I twenty, I can't remember what age it was, but we we won. We would have won a junior junior B uh, county final in Tolo or against Tolo um, as kind of a consolation uh, for that year. But yeah, we would have always, that would always have tried to get the football going. But it, it, again, with numbers. In a small club, it's not always easy to keep both games going, keep both courts going because you're pulling from the same uh, player pool, like you know. So um, it did fall away for a little two years, but they're, they're as, you, as you probably know, they won won the junior championship again, junior B championship again last year. With uh, once we were eliminated from the senior championship, so it was it was a good year. But yeah, in college, would have played a good bit of football, um, and then would have played with the county under twenty one football team for Cardo as well. Uh, um, uh, in my last year as an under twenty one, just to see what it would have been like, um, you know, and, and enjoyed it very much. But uh, yeah, like it's great to be able to uh, be able to play board games, and that's one great thing about GA. Like you know, you have our two great sports, and uh, well, main sports, the hurling football, and getting handball and rounders as well. Like both, but um, yeah, it's 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 great that uh, I suppose there's certainly inter inter changing. Uh, Opportunity between both, like you know, but I must say, I enjoy football. It's much more, much more enjoyable game to play than than watch me yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it, it can be a hard watch at the moment. You did line out with centre yeah, forward. You, you lined out with centre forward for Carlo against Westmead, I think, in the under twenty one championship. I think it was ninety seven. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah, to say it would, it, it would, yeah, it would, that was above in above in, in Westmead. It would Westmead would have been quite strong at the time. That would have been not long after they won an Leinster minor championship at, at minor level. And um, ninety five, they won yeah, the, the Mundial Ireland. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So um, we would have. Yeah, it was. Uh, in fairness, the Carroll County Board were fairly far sighted in, in in their ambitions that around that time because they ran a winter competition, um, a winter competition to try and, I suppose, find as many players that could could um, line out for the county uh, as possible um, so it was an under 20 competition that um, anyone from St. Mullins could play with Mullins Rangers in it and uh, anyone who was interested so uh, myself and one or two other lads from St. Mullins would have went up and, and, and played with with, um, with Mullins Rangers in that, that competition and as a result then and I think it would have been it would have happened a few times afterwards then um, that year the following year then that year Mount Leinster Rangers would have entered a team in the under-21 football championship called Leinster Rangers. So just to allow, I suppose, for officially for me to still be a St. Mullins member, St. Mullins uh, Hurling Club member, play Hurling with St. Mullins, um, Leinster Rangers was uh, an official, uh, a new club, Maria, uh, uh, separate just to play under-21 football. And myself and uh, Sean Gann, one or two other lads would have gotten the opportunity to play you know, at championship level then. And I would think that some other players up to years, Jack Cavanaugh would be one, would have done the same thing, played football with, with uh, uh, so-called Leinster Rangers. Um, yeah, basically one Leinster Rangers with one or two other St. Mullins lads, you know, that would have gotten the chance. So yeah, it was a great opportunity and, and must say I really enjoyed it um, uh, th- that year to get an opportunity. But um, I often thought if I had a time or had a chance, I wouldn't mind having a, a, a crack at going in with the senior squad. But look, at that was never to be. It was never... Uh, between uh, hurling and whatnot, and just not being able to commit to both, I would, uh, you know, would wouldn't mind having having an opportunity, but never came about. Just never a thing, you know. I never 
Therefore, I would never have approached anyone about it. But um, yeah, it was once once it got, got past under twenty one level, that was just something that was a nice thing to be able to say. Play football for the county, you know, great thing to be able to say. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is a. It is a cool thing. And I was, I honestly, I was surprised myself because you know I I understand how hard it would be to try and do it in both grades because you know what I mean. It's it's there's so much time constraints and obviously you have your education at the same time as well. So it's it's completely understandable that you have to pick one over the other. And I I assume you were better at hurling. Well, sure. <laughs> I'd let others be the judge of that. Yeah, but hurling was one. What I suppose came more naturally to me. All right, yeah. Um, Again, it was uh, it was my father put a hurl in my hand and say as soon as I could walk and and would have been always poking them all up and down uh, in front of the house and making sure as soon as I was anyway I was hitting on my right hand side that I was hitting on my left then as equally as uh, as often and uh, like he would have always drilled it into me that there's no such thing as the bad side you know I just had called your right and your left uh, you know and and never don't ever uh, admit that you have a weak side or a bad side and I suppose that's something that I would have always. Um, uh, brought to uh, any involvement I would have had with younger younger uh, boys and girls that you know you just turn whatever whichever side of the ball is at just hit it and and don't think about it because you know you can see all the best runners you'd ever see or are just naturals off both sides like you know so but I always I always attribute my father to setting that ingraining that in my own hurling you know so it's just, it's always the the basics once you get the basics right and uh, work from there and then I suppose going back to the dual thing um. If you want to do something, you want to do it to, to, to the best of what you can achieve. And uh, for the likes of myself, that would never have been possible doing it with two two sports. So that's why it's what hurling became number one because I was always going to be it's hurling is in my heart and, and that's my best game and, and the game I love uh, more than any. And uh, so that's that's where all my efforts are going to go. You know. And sticking with the, the hurling side of it with the county as well at under 21 level you, yeah. you captained the Carlo team now when I was looking back on different things and different games this this year that you were the captain of the Carlo team at under 21 level mm. in hurling it, 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 it's, a, it's a period you look back at and you think it was one that got away you, you felt that Carlo had a, a team that underachieved in that season if I'm if I'm not mistaken I, I think we did yeah yeah um we won at that, that time there was the under 21B um, which would have been for the so-called Wicklow County Carlo I suppose Wicklow Mead Kildare etc etc um, and we beat a Kildare team that I suppose were if memory serves me like would have been regarded as maybe a possible breakthrough team um, it seems as if it was the, a bit of money was being spent in Kildare being diverted from the GA as uh, you know to try and promote the game in Kildare and they would have been I had some great hurlers. I, I like a good friend of mine, Tom Carew, like would be a name that we went on because there was a super hurler, um, you know. And um, I would have known him up up along the years, and they would have been great, great rivals. And we beat them in a final in Bagnestown, which was an absolutely superb game. Um, and like we had a very strong team, and of like so, you know, from from here, Kenny Griffith, Sean Spoon from Michel, um, Ronan Donnelly from Carlow Town, like lads that are. You know, uh, would have been outstanding hurlers. Uh, uh, Tony Meany, David Wall from Ballinkillen, like that's that again. Well, I would have grown up with as rivals over the years, but we really had a very, very good team. And um, we've taken Kenny in the first round proper uh, of, we'll say the the, the A championship, we'll call it, in Bagnestown, and I think we were beaten by 
about nine points, but I suppose like any team, we kept in with them, any of the weaker teams, we kept in with them early on in the game. But uh, a few, uh, they had Ollie O'Connor from Freshford, who was a kind of star at the time, but had been at minor level, and, um, and he got, I think, three goals on, on the day. But um, really, like the, the Carroll performance was way better than a nine-point beat, and I can notice it was a pity. I, I just thought that maybe it was a team that, could have won that game uh, and and just made a statement and made a statement for for Carlo Horning because yeah it was a very good team very good team and just didn't didn't work out for us on the day. Yeah, no, it's it was when I was when I was looking up on it, it, it kind of a, the biggest thing that kind of came back to me was that the preparation kind of there was a five week gap between the Kildare game and the Kilkenny game. Yeah, there was yeah we and, and yeah, there was yeah there was a five or six week gap from that and. Um, we only managed to get together maybe once a week um, in that intervening period, you know. Uh, whereas, you know, I thought we maybe were coming in a bit cold, and uh, I, I thought maybe it would have been a bit, bit if we had managed to be able to get together a bit more often um, in the lead up to that, and be maybe better drilled and just, you know, I suppose sharper. Sharp is really like kind of that got us on the day, you know. Um, and um, it wasn't from any lack of ability or. or um, I wouldn't even say fitness. It was much just more hurling sharpness that got us on the day. And like you know, like any that six week break for a six week break, if you only have one one training session a week, you're not going to be up to where you should be. You know, so uh, for various reasons that didn't happen out that way. And, and um, it was definitely one that got away. I think uh, definitely. I, 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 I a tinge of regret on it, but look, that's the way it is. And suppose as years go along, you know, it's just something that's there that you would you would you always look back on. But you know. And no. you wouldn't want to dwell on these things either. Not at know? all. No, no, you definitely can't go back. Yeah. It, 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 it brings me on nicely because this story, I've heard this story, right? And and I find it I find it really hard to believe that it's true. But I have it confirmed to me a couple of times that this is a true story. So I'm going to find out for definite okay. now okay. because it's, it's completely <laughs> about you. So I'm going to start. You've, be, you've beaten in the county final. Um, you're beaten in the county final. After the county final, the secretary of the Carroll County Board hands you a brown envelope. And in that envelope is basically an invite to come in and train with the Carlo Senior Hurling team. Am I right so far? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you get in, you start training with the Carlo Senior Hurling team and your first round of the National League, I think it is, you're going to be playing Mayo on a Sunday in the first round of the National League. That's right, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> I know where you're coming from now, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, that's right, yeah. The Saturday, the day before the game, because preparation is vital for your first ever National League match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, you yeah. go out and hurl a match for St. Pat's in the colleges. You're playing in the Dublin yeah, Championship, uh, I think. Uh, 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 the, uh, yes, uh, it was the same, Aaron Hopes, it, it was two, yeah, it, St. Patrick's College would have been known as Aaron Hopes as a Dublin, it was also a Dublin hurling club, and uh, would have been involved in the Dublin Under-21 under Hurling Championship. One of these anomalies, like it's like UCC playing the Cork Senior Football Championship, yeah, and UCD playing the Dublin Senior Football Championship, um, and um, we would have had uh, St. Pat's would have been a very small um, college at the time, um, and we would have been involved in the Dublin Under Twenty One Hurling Championship, and and I suppose as you might talk to anybody who has played at third level colleges, it becomes a very big part of your your you know it would be. You would nearly say club, uh, club first. You could nearly say college second and county third. Like you know, for for the time you're there, 
it becomes a huge part of your your hurling your hurling life. Um, playing with lads from different parts of the country, and uh, yeah, it's a very big part of my hurling life. And I, I met some great friends that I have to this day, and uh, would have died on the hurling field for them, like you know. So yeah, we played a Dublin hurling um, Dublin championship match at under twenty one level uh, the day before that came. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure Martin Fitzpatrick, who was the Carlow manager at the time, was aware I was playing the game. But anyway, I don't know, maybe he did. It's a long time ago. I'm a bit hazy on that one. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it was a game against St. Olaf's, which would be a club on the south side of Dublin, um, I think. I'm not sure now. And um, that time, um, yeah, that time we would have, I would have travelled up and down to Dublin on, on the, uh, yeah, sure, like everyone would have at the time, Cavanagh's, Cavanagh's buses. And, uh, as it turned out, by the time I got back in into Dublin, into the city centre after the game, I missed the bus and had no way of getting home uh, for the match the following following day. Um, and I was kind of resigned to the fact that I was sure, Jesus, you know, as a, I was only I was only seventeen or eighteen years of age, and I thought, I said, look, you don't realise the the gravity of these things and the occasion that it was. I just said, sure, look, I'm not going to make the match now. Sugar on it, and. Uh, uh, um, made a phone call uh, uh, to my uh, from to my aunt in Dublin. We we didn't have a phone in the house at the time, would you believe? And just to pass on, to get a message down. Uh, she I won't be able to make the game. Hey, you might, and uh, you might confirm to me where uh, you made that phone call from. Um, uh, I, I would have been a certain hostelry by the name of Fagan Syndrome Condra <laughs> was where the phone call was made from from the payphone I was dropping in 20 pence coins to pay the band as hard as ever I could <laughs> so um, I was disappointed uh, oh no yes that's what I rang her to yes I I, I wasn't able to make this training session that's yeah that's, it's coming back to me now I wasn't able to make the training session on the Friday beforehand uh, because I had exams or something, I wasn't able to get down. So I stayed up for the weekend and because I had the match, I, I said I'd stay up for the weekend anyway. And uh, so when I rang uh, my aunt to say, Jesus, would you pass on? Would she get the message down home that I won't be able to to make the game? She said, she mate, are you happy you're playing? I said, what do you mean? Sure, you're actually picked on team. <laughs> so she's nearly died then because I'd say I may have had two points in at this stage. Um, uh, uh, so um, then all the panic was on to get down. So um, between looks to in jigs and reels, uh, my father uh, came up the next morning, and we had um, he had kind of a uh, a, a minibus type type uh, vehicle at the time because he would have where he was working, he would have um, brought a lot of of co-workers to work, and and his boss provided them with the bus to help uh, transport the workers to where he's working. And um, not a young lad to work with, like you know, so they had their own transport. So up he came anyway to collect myself and sure uh, as was never anyone not, young lads in college wouldn't be one to miss out on an opportunity so by the time I was ready to go the bus was loaded with every all the boys half the boys from the hurling team came on down and um, uh, we stopped there <laughs> just out past there it's the um, black or not the I can't think of the way down from Dublin just past but, uh Oh Lord, I keep, I keep forgetting the name of it. That past um, Butchins Hill, further on down the left hand side, that pub restaurant type of place. And Jesus, anyway, come to me. But anyway, they were open for all day breakfast, and sure, my father said we may went for a bit of breakfast and a bit of grub. And sure, the boys weren't ones to say no. So we came in and got a bit of grub. Um, obviously, 
diet, diets weren't that high on the agenda because I filled myself up with a big uh, big Irish breakfast uh, on the way down but um, if we're asking any of the boys that I was with they'll tell you I had two or three pints the legend became uh, the man on his way to his intercounty inter- Dave you had two or three pints and the other one said the pints but I hand and heart would have to do uh, the line on having a drink <laughs> I might have had a Lucas aid or, or two alright to try and get myself going but no, I stayed away from the drink that morning but um, yeah it was one of those things that went down and we got down plenty of time for the match and uh, uh, yeah that was against uh, made the, the debut against Wexford and I think I scored two points that they sent wing forward or I think it was saving forward, yeah. And uh, I always remember I would have always said it to and joked to the the bowl Des the great Des Murphy. Um Des got Des passed me the ball for the first ever score he got in Intercounty Hurling and it was the first and only ball he ever passed to me. <laughs> <laughs> and they got one from uh, from the <laughs> No, he may he may have given me one or two more, but uh, he saw it to me just I had to hold all the rest of my life and after after that with you Des and never got one more pass off yeah. But yeah, yeah, Des, Des can be credited with the assist as as it's now known. Um and for my first ever intercounty score or senior intercounty score anyway. But uh, yeah, it was actually a different time, maybe it was just an innocent time I suppose really and we're all uh, we're all products of our own times, but um uh we went back to Carpenters after the game. Um uh, I think that's where the meal was would have been Carpenters there in in, in, in Carlo after the game. And um, we would have, we would have, we were going to avail of the the, the cabinet buses to get back up to Dublin, um, to to Pat's up to college for for the next day. But every time a bus came, there was one or two seats available, and it was five or six of us. So we said, no, we'll we'll, we'll stay stick together. And sure, by the time nine or ten o'clock came, there was no more no more cabinet buses to be got, and we were saying, how in the name of Jesus are we going to get back up to Dublin? Because my father was well gone home at this stage and I wasn't going to ask him to make up the car to bring us up to Dublin so um, we were in Carpenters and I went into the toilet and there was a fellow there and he was from he was from Finglas he was driving a, he was driving a busload of, of, of two busloads actually of uh, a bingo crew from Finglas had been down in Tremor for the day down in Watford doing the slots and uh, they were calling into Carpenters uh, on the way because like the, that was the old there was no motorway that time. You'd go up to Carlow this way, would have come up from Watford up to Dublin that time. And um, they were all out there, uh, out in the pub, out waiting to go. And I said, Jez, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have room for a few fellas to drive us up because they were from Finglas. So it would have been good near enough to you know, in around the vicinity of Drumcondra. And no problem at all. So the, the whole, the lot of us went out onto the bus with the, the bingo women up coming up from up from Finglas, and that's how we got back to Dublin that night. And we had the greatest track we ever had singing songs with the with the with the, the lads up, the, the the women coming up, and just uh, got right out back and the ladies off at the bottom of Whitworth Road, and we sure had to pass by Queens on the way home. Then sure took a long time to get home, but we got there anyway. Like, you know, so, yeah, there's a just. Yeah, it was nice. I suppose an inter debut to remember, all right. Yeah. yeah. I, if this it's isn't, a, if it's it very, isn't. A very enjoyable time. Well, if it's not the greatest intercounty debut story of all time, I, I, like whatever beats that should be etched onto a wall somewhere. I mean, I, like on my note sheet in front of me, which you can't see, like when I was writing these down, I was laughing myself looking at it. Like I was like the match day preparation the day before, was he nervous? And next time, like he went for a couple of points in Vegas, then realised he was on the team. And then one of my mates had scribbled down bingo bus. And I was like, what's bingo bus? And this is the bingo bus. Obviously, you got to lift home on a bingo bus. Like this is just insanity. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, insanity is right, yeah, but... 
and one, one of the one of the guys that was with us um, was still wearing his gear from the match in Dublin the day before because he dislocated <laughs> his shoulder <laughs> and I never went anywhere because he came on to the pub in Fagans with us after the game and came home and sure he said come on we'll go to the match so he didn't get to go to the hospital on the Monday <laughs> to get his shoulder started still wearing the still wearing the jersey the, the, the St. Pat's jersey that he was wearing like, you know I I I, I, look at, I maybe the, the I don't think there'll be maybe a, a debut like that nowadays with the way things are and and the way things are so serious. But look, we I I I was as serious maybe in in my own way. Like I I I still looked on it as a great honour. I was delighted to make me the county debut like, but it was of a time. That's the way maybe things were at the time. You know, um, and it could have been the same for half the lads maybe around the county country making their debuts. It wasn't as I tried to know. We well, first of all, there's no such thing as social media, so you're only hearing that 25 years later, like you know, or 26 years later, uh, for the first time. Whereas if that happened nowadays, you'd hear it 26 minutes later, yeah. you know, uh, and to be plastered everywhere and on whatever social media platform you, you you want to call Instagram, Snapchat, you name it, like you know. So, um, you know, we got. I suppose we were lucky. Some things that may have happened when we were younger. That if it happened nowadays, God knows how you'd be judged on it. Like you know, but uh, we were we were innocent, I suppose, and and there was no harm done to anyone, and, and we enjoyed ourselves. But we took it as seriously as was anybody at the time did. You know, we're all we're all products of our own time, and you, you all go. You, everyone has their own parameters, and and things evolve and things develop. Like you know. Ah, yeah, no, no, and look, I I wouldn't for one second think. You know, it was just there was a, it was a remarkable chain of events. I think is is there wasn't anything that was, was planned. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, I suppose only when I look back at it, I I I, I but it was I suppose, but it's just the way things worked out. Yeah, things did work out that way. It was it was a very memorable time. I have to say now. Um, just just switching back to club again because I'm going to just dive in and out as well, and I'm not going to try and yeah, dissect yeah. every club match that you've ever played or anything crazy like that. But your first senior yeah. club title, which is, I think any any of the players that I've spoken to over the last couple of years on the Clash Act, it's the, the first and last are always the two ones that stand out most to people for for different reasons. But your first title was in 1997, you know, f- mm. for the club. Can you remember back to that day, like uh, you know, the, the the moment or what it felt like for you yourself? Oh, I sure do. Yes, yeah. Um, sure, it was. It was again almost you could call it the coming of age of that group of players that I would have mentioned here before uh, that that came up along um, at under twelve. Like I suppose you see when we when we were when we started off at juvenile level under twelve was your first uh, experience of juvenile. Whereas nowadays you're you're, you're playing. If you're a club at under six and under seven and under eight and whatever, but the first stage group that you would have organised hurling at would have been under twelve. So we came up along, up along, up along, and we were successful at under twelve, under fourteen, under sixteen, minor, under twenty-one. So logical step was always going to be the senior, um, not well, hopefully, uh, but like nowadays, I suppose Monet Rangers are the kingpins. But um, back when I was trying to make and we were trying to make our breakthrough, it was the great Navy own team, uh, Michael, that were, were our big bogey team, like, you know, and um, they they began their run in the 70s and, and like, they were completely dominant in Carlo and with great players like, sure, but the great Paddy Quirk and, and uh, his brothers uh, and, you know, Mick Sly, uh, Paddle Jordan, God be good to him, great friend of mine over the years and great rival. Um, you know, so, yeah, people forget how good that team was, like, you know, and how hard they were to beat and we would have, the ones would have had their hearts broken by um, by Michael 
in many, many years leading up to that. And my own, I would have suffered at the beginning of my career at their hands as well. But um, that year, like we we we'd beaten Michael or Navon in the semi final in '96, and I suppose naively, or whether we would have maybe admitted or not. Maybe and maybe even in the parish and maybe the general narrative in the county would have been that you know after you know, getting the Michael bogey off our monkey off our backs that we were going to win the county championship. But then Nave Breed had you know newly formed Nave Breed um, had other other ideas and sure Lucas he had the great Johnny Nevin and and like Johnny Kavner and Stephen Banbrick uh, you know Niall Banbrick. Um, you know Jason Hughes all the legend band around like very strong hurling team and subsequently won a good few more championships they turned us over in the final and like that was an office appointment so I suppose we had the, the old adage where you have to lose one to win one like uh, I wouldn't be one for cliches but I suppose it, it, it turned out to be true in the end because we came on in the, on the scene in 97 from the beginning of the championship and like we were determined that we weren't going to slip up this year and uh, it just so happened that the first round of the championship that year was against May Breed in Bagnellstown and um, we we ran up a fairly big score and gave them a, a fair beating in in that um, semi in the first round. Kind of set a marker and kind of hurled well, hurled and and won won our game as well that year. And came to a final again and uh, against Michael, our old enemy. And we kind of had said, look at we've enough of this now. Um, it's time to to stand up and count it. And I think not be afraid to win and it's always kind of something I always say it's it's not the fear of losing can be the problem it's the fear of winning and and, and, and when it's there to be won you have to go and, and grasp the nettle and, and not be afraid not be afraid of, of, of taking the chance and you know um, take the risk and if, if you lose you lose but don't be don't be left wondering you know if I had if I had done it or if I had made that extra effort or if I had put me hand out for that ball or you know put me my foot in front of that ball when maybe I shouldn't have you know, you have to be able to make that that, that final jump, and, and I think that year in '97, we decided ourselves um, that crew coming through that we've had enough of this, and and certain things happened during the game. Say, there was a 21 yard free early on in the game that I lined up, and I would have said to myself, "Look, normally to be tap over, but look, it's so early in the game that if I, I said to myself, maybe if I go for a go with this, and even if it stopped, it won't, it won't have maybe too much of a." a, a an effect on our morale or the Michael morale as the game goes on but you know if it was to go in maybe it might be just a set down a marker that might get us off on the right foot and it turned out this, I, I kind of didn't take a run up to it I just stood up stood up to the ball and just went low and I went in and kind of you know from there on we just said that's enough enough is losing business and um, I remember near the end of the game uh, when you never feel that you have it but um, you, you know, you always be afraid that the team would slap in three or four goals in the end. But we were fairly comfortable, and I got a, a sideline uh, over on the, let's say, the stand side uh, at the Sugar, or sorry, at the Dublin Road end of the ground, and and cut it over. And it was kind of again, uh, it was a score that kind of was maybe like a nail in the coffin for my. Should I remember? Running back down the field and just put me hand looking up to the sky and put my hands up and you know it just it was nearly like it was a, a, a spontaneous thing like that long last I, I think we're going to do it I think we have it uh, can't it can't be taken from us now like you know and it was you know it was, it was a great feeling to have and, and I always remember it was yeah super feeling and 
again, you'd be certain motive would have washed over you because I was only twenty two at the time, and um, yeah, but it was it was a great, a great win, all right, yeah. and you know, it was some of the older players. You could see how much it meant to them, and obviously, you could see how much it meant to, to to my family as well. Like you know, it really meant more to them than it meant to myself. Uh, and and as a young fella, but you know you see what it means to the people in the parish, and, and again that's where you keep going back to the to the what ceremonies are, what the hurling means in ceremonies. You do it for the people in the parish, and you see the the giant their faces, and, and and what it means to everybody around, like you know, and yeah, very memorable day, all right. It's it's interesting you say it as well about how much it meant to the senior players on your panel and the people in the parish. I remember speaking to Colin Fenley, and and I asked Colin about playing for Ballyhale in an All Ireland final a few years back, and he said to me he was never as nervous as he was that day. And I remember being taken aback, thinking, "Jesus, you've done it all." And 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 his reaction was, "I've done it all, but I know I'm getting very close to the end." And I'm not going to get any more yeah. chances. But when you're 21, yeah. 22, 23, you know I have another 10 or 11 years of this now. So <clears throat> I suppose you can cut loose a little bit more because that's what I'm going to bring you to it is the 2010 final. Like, I kind of, in some ways for yourself, Pat, like you, you two years out with a bad injury, you had a really bad finger injury, kept kept you out of hurling. And when mm. you came back in 2010 to play, I suppose mm. a lot of people would have seen it. I'm sure you've seen it yourself as a bit of a swan song too. You weren't going to let injury retire. You were going to retire on your own grounds, I'd imagine. But 2010 to come yeah. back and kick on, like that must have been a phenomenal year for you. Well, sure. I have to say, this course is a memorable year, Eddie. Uh, it's... It's funny how you would it, uh, when you say about Colin um, um, being nervous. Uh, I suppose I was never less nervous, would you believe, uh, during the whole year that year because um, um, I was 30, 35 that year. Um, I hadn't hurled, like, as you said, for the previous uh, two years because of, of hand injury and, and I had um, had an operation that kind of had released a bit of mobility in, in my finger and allowed me maybe to hold the hurl again in some somewhere, shape or form. And um the previous two thousand and nine year Sam Mullins hadn't reached the semi final at the championship now, which for Sam Mullins um was a disaster. Like, you know, and team just things had gone wrong and, you know, hadn't gone well. And I looked at my hand and I said, look at thirty five and not that old yet and um just in my own mind. Um if I could maybe get back and help out the club and maybe get back, you know, maybe help get to a semi-final again, maybe, you know, just help things along again, you know, with a bit of experience and a bit of advice to, you know, the younger lads coming through. And um, so uh, I mentioned to the club chairman, um, John Joe Murphy at the time, um, down at the, at the lotto of, you know, every club now at the lotto, um, down in, in uh, Pub and Valley William. Uh, uh, and I mentioned look, uh, there was a letter being sent out to get things going like before a pre-Christmas letter because things had gotten so bad we're going to get things going get things started off on the right foot again for the following year and I just mentioned to him I heard there was a letter being sent out to players um, of which oh, I wasn't a member anymore I wasn't a player anymore um, I just said look at John just sure look at he was sending out a letter to players you might send one to my house I just I, I just said no more and, and he said no more so the letter arrived anyway and uh, I put it away and one night just leading up to Christmas Paul and my wife mentioned that uh, see are you thinking of going back hurling again um, I said uh, what about mentioning that he says uh, 
and see a letter there. So <laughs> I must have hidden it too well, but I was I was thinking about it before I said to her, like, you know, but <laughs> ah, she said, no, she'll not finish. No, I wonder what I'd be able for. She said, look at it. She said, if you're thinking about it, we're going back. There's only one way to do it, and that's to do it the right way. So, um, so I went back, I started training from, I was, I was nearly out the door, out to the hurdle field straight away, started doing laps and getting myself fit again. And um, I would have done a lot of training on my own that year to get right and, and uh, fitness-wise anyway for a start, uh, back up to the level. Because I was 35 years of age and, and, and I had been out of hurdle for two years. But I wanted to I wanted to do it right and I wanted to make sure that if I was coming back, I wasn't going to be a liability uh, to the club or to the team. And... Um, um, Jim Doyle uh, from Great Manor, who was battered with hurdles the same one, and he was over us. And um, yeah, sure, I, I trained hard. I have to say, I trained hard. Um, and I would have insisted to Jim that every practice match that was played, every league match, every Kilkenny league match that was to be played, I need, I needed to play them because uh, he was more of a mind. Maybe I would have been a mind to give me a bit of a rest. You know, that's an older player, just to you know get through the year, but. I felt I needed to play every game to get me hurling up to a specific level, specific standard that, you know, that I could be make a contribution. And um, as it turned out, I was lucky with injury the whole year. Um, I got a little sneak of a hamstring, uh, which is, you know, can be a problem for someone of a, of a certain vintage. And um, as it turned out, a family holiday was booked and I was away for about a fortnight. And it was the perfect it was perfect timing because I was able to, you know, bring the hurling and ball with me and puck around a campsite in, 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 in France, but I wasn't doing anything strenuous and by the time I came back my hamstring was healed. So I injury potential injury problems I would have had and I would have probably tried to train away and play away through it, um uh, kind of fix itself and I was able to go on and play all the matches and, and sure they came up up against Nail Breed in semi final and um I suppose I was a bit nervous that day. I remember well because I was the free taker and uh, I I couldn't score. <laughs> I had a disastrous day. My dead Shaw was marking me um, and he hurled, hurled me off the field and um, I couldn't score a free to save my life. And uh, so I was taken off at 15 or 20 minutes to go and I... Look at I suppose maybe just pride, you know, came came, came out of me, and I was disgusted. Said, "Jesus, this is how it's going to end." Cause the game wasn't going well. After it all, you know, that's, that's it. Now I'm gone, finished. Never to hurl for the same ones again. And uh, I would have, oh, sure, listen, I would have backed myself. I said, I would have probably still, I could have still maybe done something in the game or had something to say. And I remember, with about ten minutes to go, I stopped, stood up and standing there, roar down at the selectors. Uh, I suppose Davy Doyle was the selector at the time, and I just said, Davy. I roared, I roared down and I just called it I said Davy and he turned around and I just leered at him <laughs> and um, he knew what I meant I'd say he just turned around he looked at me and he, he turned away and uh, they, uh, they put me on for the last maybe five five minutes of the game came back on and the ball broke my way from a, um, a long puck out and uh, took a shot and just re- re- rebounded to my hand and I turned around and uh, spiveled and got it into the net and it was kind of a uh, a, a, a goal to put us ahead when it looked like we were getting buried and, and um, Paddy Kyo, uh scored a free afterwards because he wouldn't let me take the freeze and go right to um, <laughs> kind of uh, to consolidate the game but you know after being getting out of jail that day um, coming to the county final then 
I remember I, was just, I couldn't have been more relaxed. I remember walking in the parade and my little daughter, Owen, was on my shoulders in the parade and I was looking, I looked around into the stands and I, looking at people's na- people's faces and I, 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 I stopped short of waving at people because I said, look, at this. imagine two years ago or this time before Six months ago, would would you have envisaged yourself standing in this spot and having the opportunity to play one more time, like you know? And um, I, this is great. I, I, I kind of kept saying to you, this, this is brilliant, lads. You know, you never know when this is going to stop, and I must have been lucky enough to get a second bite, you know, a final bite at Cherry, and you know, make the most of when you can, because who knows when this is going to come around again, like and and. So that was one of the days when freeze went well. That day, you know, it was it was a great day. Won the match. Um, I remember looking back at the video and was, I wouldn't say the standard in the game was too high but it's actually quite a poor standard and I think anyone from one of the Rangers will say the same thing but I do remember you know feeling not really much pressure during the game and look if it happens it happens look you've gotten the stars and the great you're wearing the same one in the jersey when you thought you'd never wear it again and uh, yeah it was, it, was, it was when the final whistle went I remember going down to my knees and um, yeah I was very happy because um, I had my my mum had passed away the previous February and uh, uh, or sorry previous year 2009 and sure I suppose like a lot of people your, your mother and father your 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 biggest fans and and uh, I would have passed her whether it was or not I don't think I ever played a bad game in mammy's eyes like you know so um, it's nice to be able to look up at where she would have been parked she would have parked her car on the bank in, in, in Carlo up behind the, uh, the sugar factory and over the years because she she her health wouldn't have been great and, and the the stewards got in fairness she would have let her drive her car in so she could watch the game from the car and there's a nice bill to glance up and say there's one for you man like you know so little things that everyone has their own reasons for for putting it in Eddie uh, but you know it was nice to be able to do it for, for ma'am and, and sure look at for yourself and for the club and for all the people that's have helped you over the years, like you know. No, it is. It's 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 an amazing story and an amazing kind of run from ninety seven to two thousand and ten, and that's why I, I just wanted to take a snap from both sides. But and, and and you do phrase it so well. And um, before I before I let you get off the the the, the phone or off the hook with me here this evening, yeah, there's, all right, there's two other small areas I, I want to look at. Carlos run this year in 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 the hurling, the Joe McDonough um, in particular. You know, Tom Malady's side. From from my perspective, I think they they had a quite a decent year. I suppose they took their eye off the ball in the Curry game and and, and paid paid hugely for it. But from from yeah, your own perspective, yeah. how do how do you feel the year has gone? How do you think Tom and the lads are doing? Yeah, uh, I suppose before the Offaly game, you would have maybe looked at us as maybe in a in a negative slant or you know a sense of underachieving, and maybe still afterwards maybe. You would say that maybe the team did underachieve, um, but I suppose you have to take it into, I suppose, consideration. And again, I go back to the numbers game, um, like the the what Carlo has to pick from and the level that they're they're reaching, uh, and you know, I suppose if you were to look at two games that Carlo would regret, um, this year would be the down game in the league and. Uh, the Kerry game in the in the McDonough Cup, um, uh, they're the ones that I suppose have harmed their their prospects of league success and harmed their prospects in the McDonough Cup. Um, you know, um, Antrim like subsequently they went up and did very well against Antrim and, and could possibly have put uh, come out of there with a result. But it's the game against Kerry, I suppose, where 
you know, just everything and anything that went wrong and Jay could have went wrong, like, you know, and anyone that's involved would say the same thing. Um, it's just a pity, you know, it's a pity because to go to Tullamore then and produce the the game they produced against Offaly in the final round uh, and, you know, it was, it was a game that the further, the longer the game went, they were going to win by more, you know, and Offaly would have been strongly favoured coming through that and um, I suppose the way things were with Antrim having already qualified for the final and, and would have had a lot, lot of changes, um, Kerry did go and, and do the job up there in Belfast and, and that was the, the difference between us losing our place in the final and not, you know. Um, now, I'd be hoping that the boys can build on that there this year, you know, and, and know how close you are and maybe they can look back and, and maybe players can look back and at their own pre- levels of preparation um, because, again, like I said, we were we were of our time, but present-day players are of their time as well and, and, and you know, everyone knows the levels of professionalism that, that are involved in the game now. Um, and... You know, even at Joe McDonald level and even below, probably at Chris Ring level, you know. <clears throat> and players are well aware. Um, we have players now in Carroll that have played at the top level of what's uh, the Seven Cup, you know, in the last couple of years with Chris Nolan and, and Mouse. Um, you know, they've played and rubbed shoulders with, with the best hurlers in the country. I know they can match them. And, and uh, you know, we'd hope maybe that young uh, players like Kieran Whelan from Ballinkillen now who's been unlucky with injury over the last year and a half will be in a position to rejoin the panel next year and, uh, and bolster the panel um, now at the other end you know you have Richard Cody who was still matched Eddie's record appearances record I suppose a bit like Mouse is Richard going to hang him up and, and, and stay level with Eddie or is he going to come back next year and, and pass the brother out I don't know but uh, um you know, Jack Cavanagh now will, will people will say, well, Jack, uh, consider his future with the county. But I have a feeling that Jack will be there next year. Um, Jack is uh, getting hurling for uh, Jack hurling. Jack's is Jack's be all and end all, really, like, you know, uh, club and county. And so, you know, if we can bring on a few more players uh, through and hold on to the panelists there, there's no reason why maybe a McDonough Cup can't be, you know, success can't be gained in McDonough next year. Um, because, you know, you do want to play in the Leinster Championship. Westmead has shown that they can compete there with their performance against Wexford there this year. And then they are done. And I was I was fairly happy to concede that they consolidated that with their result against Leash and, and, and maintaining their place in, in the in the Lee McCarthy, you know. So that result, that result for them will probably push them on next year and maybe help them move on. And, and they're up, up a division in the league again this year. Like, you know, they won Division 2A and all of a sudden... I suppose one of Carroll's more polished performers in the league was against Westmead. So Carroll would have to see that they're, they could be up there at that level as well. And, uh, you know, that's what, I suppose that's what you have to aim at, you know, regardless of, of the, the, the population and pool you're picking from. But, you know, we can see it, and I've seen it up the years coming up along and in um, my own club with the players we produced. And I see that obviously here and coming through the school here with the, with the, the, the outstanding players that, Unless Rangers that have produced over the years, like you know, this, the hurlers are in Carroll to do do as well as any county, you know. Uh, no, I definitely agree, and I and I definitely think that Carroll team, if 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 everyone can stick together and, and another few bodies come in there to challenge, that, that there's no reason why they can't compete and and and, and win the Joe McDonough next year. Just on, but that's that's that, that's the thing, I suppose. Eddie, we have to have every everybody, whereas maybe the, the bigger counties, uh, there may be a player 
who would be of intercounty standards that slips through the cracks because maybe they're not in a position to commit or you know uh, not in, in a place in their life that they can that they want to play intercounty hurling or maybe they're just not interested um, and that's no reflection them everybody each their own but for Carlo that type of player who is of who who has the ability look at we need them to be in with us and if we're not that, that's that again that's their own choice but for for Carl to be successful we just have to make the most of our of our, our resources yeah 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 100% the the last thing i'm going to ask is the the actual Lee McCarthy this year the the championship is hotted right up now you know we're down yeah, to great, yeah. probably the last six teams in it I, I'd ask you in your own mm. opinion you know who's going to be the final four then who'll be the final two and then who's going to be the last man standing <laughs> some simple question there <laughs> Lord, <you're, laughs> that's a good one to finish on <laughs> uh, well sure we obviously have our Leicester final next weekend uh, with Kenny and Galway like it's hard how can you read Kenny it's just so hard to read him like you know um <coughs> Uh, like they find themselves in Leinster final having lost to Galway and drawn, drawn with Wexford and Wexford find themselves not in Leinster final having beaten Kilkenny and drawn with Galway you know so or sorry yeah, lots of Wexford yeah. and drawn with Galway yeah. so you know it's it's it's, uh, it's a strange kind of a way it's worked out for them like you know um, I suppose you have to wonder do like obviously Kilkenny don't have the quality they had in previous years but at the same time Kilkenny are always able to pull out a result um, like they're the one little blip in what could possibly be a Limerick four or five in a row, you know, from back in 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 what year was it? Two thousand and it was nineteen when or eighteen when they beat Limerick in the semi final, uh, uh, and you know Limerick have been were dominant the year before and have been dominant since. So you know it's um, they're the one team that can always turn the turn the farm book upside down um, and like. If you were to ask me three months ago, I would have, you know, like most people in the country would have picked Watford as the main threat to Limerick. Um, you know, everything seemed to be going well with them physically, hurling-wise. Then all of a sudden, uh, the championship came um, and like, you know, like everybody, they fell for the old, you know, league, league is nothing. League, at the end of the day, league doesn't have any bearing on, on championship performance and it was seen in, in Watford's performances in the championship. Whereas, you look at Clare and, um, Seem to be a, t- a team kind of in the wall of their manager, like you know, they don't seem to know there's no go back in them this year in the championship. And uh, with Peter Duggan and and uh, Shane o- uh, O'Donnell back, you know, in full flight, that, that which they didn't have last year because you know, for various reasons, injury and travel, they seem to be in great nick, uh, you know, and see what they did to um, you know, even in the last round of the championship there when they were able to leave Tony Kelly off and still pull out a, 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 a big victory over Watford when Watford needed to beat them to have any chance of getting through like you know so it's a big um, the Munster final is going to be a great game um, so you're going to still, I still haven't answered any of your questions no. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, look at Limerick will be I would say in the last four if form I I, I, I I I would fancy Clare they seem to have a, a positive vibe but then a Munster final defeat or you know you don't know what's going to come out of a Munster final um, you know yeah. um, that's the beauty of it um, Galway Kenny then I think I think I would fancy I think I fancy Galway to win the Leinster Championship um, 
and possibly come through then they'll be in the final four then as well um, so Clare Limerick Galway that leaves you with Kilkenny uh, Wexford or Cork it does Jason uh, you know there's a belligerent to Kilkenny that the rest of them can I nearly chance Kilkenny to be in the final four as well then like you know uh, um I don't know. I don't know. But if that's if that's the four I pairs would. you go with, you'll have Kilkenny and Limerick in an All Ireland semi final, and Clare and Galway. Yes, Clare. Yeah, yeah. So um, you're talking. I would say, I would say, uh, I would say Clare Limerick. I'd say you could have a repeat of Munster final and All Ireland final. And then, and um, oh, Jesus! Uh, listen, uh, the head, the head would say Limerick, but I don't know. There's something about Clare. Nothing about Clare, but Limerick just uh, seems to be a force of nature. So, oh, look, uh, head on the block, neck on the block. I'll say Clare and see what, see what, see what will happen out in, in a few weeks' time in July. But uh, that that could be completely wrong. Could be all gone wrong out the window next Saturday evening. <laughs> I hope it is gone out the window know. Saturday evening. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, well, I tell you now, as a, as a youngster who whose first day at Crow Park was 1982 All Ireland final, and the second, I, I would have been a, a Kenny supporter until I became a Carlow hurler. Uh, I, I'd be hoping the same. Hoping the same. No, but Pat, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you this evening. I, I really appreciate you taking out your time and and, and sharing some I'm great sorry, stories no. with us from from your career. Uh, it's it's been lovely to talk to you. My pleasure, Eddie. And sure, listen, you know where I am. If you ever want to have a chat again, I'll always be willing to talk about hurling or whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That is, of course, Pat Cody, former Carlo and St. Mullins, absolute legend there, taking our call this evening and going through a bit of his career for the Clash Act. I look forward to catching up with you all again over the next couple of weeks. 